What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I've had some time, obviously, to digest the Super Bowl, um, but we are in the last week of February, which means we're going to go to March. It's the off season, and we are going to be on Just the West episode number 124, and I want to get the opportunity to talk off-season football in the NFC West. Just the West, we out here. Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, and Seattle Seahawks. So what makes the off-season really cool, whether you're a fan of the Niners, Cardinals, Rams, or Seahawks for that matter, everything is back new. O and O. And basically the Niners are coming off a grueling loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Once again, congratulations to those Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, for winning the Super Bowl. And the year before, the Rams lost to the Patriots. So you're having two back-to-back NFC West teams representing themselves in the Super Bowl, which is all hunky-dory, but no titles yet. And I don't know. If you think about the last couple years, with the exception for the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl against the Broncos, it's been pretty brutal, man. Just go back. Got the Cardinals losing to the Steelers. You got... Well, I mean, the Seahawks did lose to the Broncos, but they would win later on. Um, but then you also have Niners losing to the Ravens, Rams losing to the Patriots, and, you know, once again, the Niners losing again to the Chiefs. So, I mean, NFC West, they've been in the mix this uh, this past decade or so, but it is 2020, and we, we need to move forward, guys. We need to move forward. And uh, this is just an interesting pod for me just because I want to talk about all four teams, just go over a brief overview um, before we begin with the NFL Combine, before we begin with, obviously, free agency, franchise tags, uh, the NFL Draft. Um, just a lot of, you know, it's like an open palette for each team in the NFC West to go about their business. And I'm going to talk about each team, their salary cap, couple things to keep in mind for the draft and maybe what they might do in the offseason. It's really early. Um, a lot can change. Obviously, I'm going to do more pods throughout the offseason, but I wanted to at least put my initial thoughts, my initial mark on each team in the NFC West. So without further ado, let's fucking go. San Francisco 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, they lost. So they had the 31st overall pick in the first round. Uh, but this is going to be a very, I won't say trying, I'll say more so challenging offseason for general manager John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and uh, the Niners getting to see if they can continue to build upon their success against the Super Bowl, you know, and try to you know, obviously be back in playoff contention. Or uh, will they kind of wither for a Super Bowl hangover. And if you look at history, yeah, that has happened uh, quite consistently where, you know, you lose a heartbreaker and the following year it just shit happens, okay? And the one good thing I will say about this Niners team is they are a young, dynamic team in which they're not too heavy on salaries yet. Um, you know, a lot of the, their veterans are, you know, uh, still in their prime for, for that matter. Uh, with the exception of a couple players like Joe Staley and whatnot. But um, this is going to be kind of like the second intermediate step uh, from a team-building perspective because, you know, for John Lynch and that squad, uh, they, yeah, they had a couple of really good hits. You know, obviously you have George Kittle, DeForest Buckner. Uh, you have a promising quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, 
some people like him, some people don't. But, you know, you have a good nucleus of players to see if you can build upon it. And, you know, with the 31st pick overall, I mean, they haven't had this low of a pick in a very long time because, you know what, they've always been top 10, top five picks like the last five, six years. It's been a lot of really bad football. And so for this matter, you know, scouting and finding the right talent is going to be a little bit more challenging. Uh, they had the first overall pick, but they don't have second, third, or fourth round picks. It goes from first round pick all the way down to the fifth round pick uh, because of the trades that they did earlier last offseason. Um, second round pick went to D Ford. Third, fourth round pick went to Emmanuel Sanders. And so that's a challenge. Um, I'd like to say that, you know, for this team as well, pick some really good players on their squad. But now it's the second phase, which is retaining your your players, or at least making those big picture decisions on who do you want to move with uh, and pay moving forward. Because you have a couple of notable free agents. You have safety Jimmy Ward. You have pass rusher defensive tackle Eric Armstead coming off a contract year, mind you. Had about double-digit sacks, 10 sacks. Uh, And then, yeah, you have... A couple people that would be in line for extensions, some players that might be deserving of it. Uh, two players come to mind: George Kittle, DeForest Buckner, and so right now, going into this off season, they have about thirteen million dollars in salary cap room, and that's going to dwindle up quite a bit because uh, I don't know who they're they're going to retain. You also have Emmanuel Sanders. I forgot about that. He's a free agent wide receiver that they traded for from the Broncos. And so they have a lot of players that they would like to retain, but 13 mil in salary cap isn't that much. So they're going to need to get creative, uh, whether they restructure some contracts, whether they let said player go. But uh, I think this is going to be a very challenging offseason for the Niners. Uh, But outside of their salary cap and their draft status, um, you know, a lot of positive with this roster, but, you know, a couple underlying things do remain. Uh, first and foremost, wide receiver. If Emmanuel Sanders goes and they don't retain him, they have a pretty green group of wide receivers right now. You know, obviously with Dante Pettis, uh, not so much, you know, doing his thing in, in his sophomore year. He remains to be seen. He saw some good things out of Deville Samuel. But at the same time, too, all these other promising prospects that they've drafted in years past, they haven't really been on the field, even though they've shown flashes. I mean, you got Jalen Hurd, last year's third-round pick. You have uh, a couple years ago, fifth-round pick Trent Taylor at the slot. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, he's been yeah, on and off. So if you look at this group overall, not that well accomplished. You know, Debo Samuel will be probably their most skilled player going into it, and that's not a good thing. Okay, so what are they going to do? to get a veteran wide receiver. Um, what are they going to do for the position overall? And it's a, it's a tough spot for them. It's a tough spot for them because they have a couple of other needs as well. You know, offensive line, guard, center, something on the interior would be nice for depth purposes. Um, you know, also keep in mind, too, that Joe Staley is going to be another year older. He's going to be a free agent this year, and I think he's going to... I'm pretty sure he's going to stay on with the Niners and not retire. But, you know, they're getting a little bit long in the tooth at left tackle. Uh, So there are a couple things that remain to be seen with this roster. 
And I think outside of just, you know, the offseason, the X's and those of retaining your players and drafting right, uh, I think that there is a bit of a looming cloud on head coach Kyle Shanahan. You know, losing from the Falcons as the Falcons offensive coordinator, losing to the Patriots, and now going to the Niners. And I know this is only his third year as head coach for the Niners, but, you know, to go back to the big stage again, and lose in pretty heartbreaking fashion. I mean, those are two grueling, grueling losses in the Super Bowl. And it, the funny thing about it is, you know, Andy Reid for all these years prior, I mean, he was like, the monkey was on his shoulder. I mean, you know, he lost several NFC championship games. And while he did put up a really good offense all those years, he could never win the big one. But you know what? That day finally came to him. This past Super Bowl, he won it. And he's probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach. He's got the pedigree. So that monkey switches to Kyle Shanahan. And what he does, you know, internally, taking a look at the clock management, his plays, those dynamics. I mean, you know, he's a great head coach. But, you know, he might be due for a little bit of soul-searching in the same capacity as Sean McVay did the previous year. Lost to the Patriots. Try to come back, um, but you know what? They fell short too. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They had a nine and seven record. They didn't make it. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about those Rams. So the Niners have about thirteen million dollars cap space. The Rams have about what fourteen point five, fourteen point six, and a lot of their cap is devoted to their core players: Jared Goff, Aaron Donald. Um, you know, a lot of money got devoted. To this core, you know, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. Uh, so it'll be interesting what they do with their cap space because they don't have that many draft picks. They don't have a first rounder. Um, all other draft capital went to acquiring must win veteran players. And so, you know, the Niners are very similar in cap space. Uh, at least they have a first round pick, but, you know, both teams have this problem right now. They don't have that much draft capital. But there are a lot of holes internally on the trenches for the Rams that that do concern me. Because when you look at this offense, Sean McVay kind of alluded that they're going to roll with Todd Gurley. And they've been very mum this past year or two about his knee, his workload. But they said, at least on the press conference, that Gurley didn't fail them. They failed Gurley. They have a new offensive coordinator right now. Uh, former Redskins and Kevin O'Connell, who had worked for Sean McVay. They have a new defensive coordinator in Brandon, Brandon Staley, linebackers coach with the Broncos. And so, yeah, they have some new coordinators. Um, it's interesting now that Sean McVay is relinquishing um, being the dual head coach offense coordinator. They're getting some of that onto a, a real um, respective offensive coordinator to help out with the play calling. So you have that, and then I... I'll be curious to see what they do uh, with a quote-unquote new offense. Uh, will they be able to retain their running game with Todd Gurley? And a lot of that has to do with the trenches. And I'm, what I'm alluding to for the trenches is their center and their guard positions, their interior line spots, because Brian Allen, um, Joe Noteboom, Austin Blythe, I mean, yeah, they struggled, and they all got hurt. They all got hurt. It was a total shit show on the interior of the offensive line. And so 
that is kind of bleak right now because uh, I what I think Brian Allen tore his ACL. Same thing with Joe Noteboom. I mean, they had a ton of injuries on the interior, and I'm not too sure when they'll be back, uh, whether it be training camp or right at the start of the season. But you know, for a unit that was already pretty weak on the inside, um, that is very worrisome because. You know, obviously, you want the run game to work, but you want your offensive linemen to be ready in the offseason. So what are they going to do with that? Uh, that remains to be seen because they don't have that much salary cap. Uh, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of big dollars, but uh, they might get creative with that. Um, on the other end, you know, when you talk about tackles, um, Andre Whitworth, he's going to be, what, 38 years old? He's going to be a free agent. Uh, from what I understand, they're, they're going to retain him, but, you know, he's, he's freaking 38 years old, you know? Uh, a lot that's a lot and so there's that right tackle rob Havenstein. he took a step back after his contract extension um you know there, there's promise i mean you know bobby evans rookie last year came in played really strong um in, in spots and so when you look at this offensive line there's a lot of fluidity with this i mean that they can go a lot of different ways with this uh, both with their tackles their guards their centers you know like there's a lot of stuff that they need to get right because you need to get the offensive line right so you can get the running game right, which affects Todd Gurley, which in part will affect Jared Goff. Jared Goff took a big step last year with the offense, and you know a lot of it had to do with their lack of a run game or their inconsistencies play-calling-wise. And so um, that's kind of just it just trickles down it just trickles down and so for me i think it's really just getting back to the trenches and seeing what the hell they're going to do at offensive line uh conversely too i mean just a couple things to keep in mind i mean they're they're secondary it's it's crazy because you had like a kid to marcus peters you had eric weddle you know a really seasoned savvy group of veteran cornerbacks but they're all gone they're all gone eric weddle he, he retired Keep to leave Marcus Peters. They're all gone, and so you know what they got in return is Jalen Ramsey, who is a stud of a cornerback. But you know a lot of what ifs. Um, right after that, uh, you're gonna have Taylor Rapp gonna be into his sophomore season. You're gonna have John Johnson coming off an injury. So there's just you know uh, there's some depth issues right there. I'd say their number two quarterback spot. Um, is kind of up in the air. You have your nickelback, Nickel Roby Coleman. But, you know, like, like I said, it feels like this team, they have the core components, but they need to fix a couple things on the back end, which is the secondary, and on the front end, which is their offensive line. And the good news is, I mean, you still have your, your core players. Aaron Donald's not going anywhere. He just got an extension. Jared Goff, uh, you know, you have your core guys per se, but... You know, uh, free agency-wise, they have a couple of tough decisions. Dante Fowler, their best outside pass rusher, is going to be a free agent. I don't know if they're going to retain him. I mentioned before, Whitworth, he, he's older. They're going to probably retain him, but he's 38. And then you, know, you have two other really tough decisions as well. Uh, Aaron Donald's teammate, Michael Brockers, the other defensive tackle, he's a free agent. And then you have, I mean, good for him, but uh, he was an undrafted rookie that went on with the Rams and played very good football, but you have inside linebacker Corey Littleton. Um, I don't, I'm not too sure if they're going to be able to retain him. So, I mean, just a couple of moving pieces for this team. And I think that 
um, you know, as much as I like to talk about this roster and some of their um, internal issues in the, in the interior line, I think a lot of it also has to do with their play calling moving forward. It's a big picture ordeal, kind of similar to Kyle Shanahan with the Niners, but you know, both these coaches, young, innovative, on the up and up, uh, and both have taken hits in in recent seasons. And so, how will both these head coaches, whether it's McVay or Kyle Shanahan, adjust uh, for twenty twenty? move onwards so it was interesting because i went from the niners to the rams because it was kind of easy uh they have a lot of similarities in terms of like obviously their coaches and their salary cap so let's do a bit of a curveball then uh let's do the seahawks okay and the seahawks aren't too far off obviously from these two teams as well because i mean shoot the rams did not make the playoffs but the seahawks did i mean they're the ones with the 11-5 record they're the ones that Played the Packers. Uh, did they win? No, but, you know, they made the playoffs. They were right there. Russell Wilson was playing excellent football and a lot of tough injuries, like their running back situation. They all got decimated. It was just an interesting way to go into the postseason because they signed Robert Turbin, Marshawn Lynch, and, you know, they, they had they had their chances uh, against the Packers in the playoffs. But, you know, I think a lot of their depth issues kind of came to fruition um you know this is a team that is i mean just savvy they are tough tough minded and they won a lot of close games last year um shout out to the seahawks for an 11 and 5 record because they were like i i kid you not there were like five six games where it could have gone either way but every time it went their way and that's what matters that's what matters so when you look at the seahawks team they have the most cap room out of the entire division that includes the cardinals um for a team that just came off postseason they have 51.6 million dollars in cap space yeah i had to double check that i had to check spot track over the cap.com and all that yeah they have 51 million dollars of cap space okay that's a lot of money to spend so you would think that they would go on a big shopping spree but you know um they certainly could um it's not within their nature too but they have a lot of big decisions too where you know these said players could take up a bulk of that 51 million uh and who are the players that i'm talking about on the seahawks that played a very important part and they would like to retain but at what price i don't know but first and foremost it's Shadavin Clowney. they traded for him last off season and he played i mean he didn't get like double digit sacks but i mean you know what he does as a run stopper what he does generating quarterback pressures i mean he by far is their best pass rusher and you know in a division with chandler jones aaron donald deforest buckner nick bosa i mean you need premier pass rushers okay and jadavin Clowney is that now what is he gonna command on the open market uh, i i don't know the Seahawks, they can certainly pay him, uh, but it's just one of those things too, where you know, uh, what, what, what is his number and what is the Seahawks number? I just, um, they need to find a way to retain him, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be a very hard battle uh, between agent and general manager John Schneider. So uh, that's one player that obviously might take a lot of the fifty-one million dollars cap space. Then you also have the right tackle, Jermaine Effetti. Now, I know that for Seahawks fans, he's been like 
up and down. Uh, he's been frustrating at times. But you know what? At the end of the day, they invested a first-round pick. And he had... Maybe he didn't have a great season uh, the last couple seasons, but uh, he's been ascending, and he's only 25 years old. And so for a team like the Seahawks that need good offensive linemen, you know, they already, um, you know, thankfully they have left tackle Dwayne Brown, and they have a couple other interesting pieces. But, you know, you need stalwart glue guys to build upon. And if any young tackle at 25, I mean, you want to retain him. But what's the price, too? Because if I'm Jermaine Effetti, I know that I'm 25 years old ascending and I offer my services at a premium position, right? So I'm sure he's going to look to get paid in the same capacity as Jadavion Clowney because both of those positions are highly sought after. So I don't know if I'm the Seahawks. That's, that's another tough one where you're like, man, I'm going to spend a lot of money, but shit, it's a... It's, he, you know, he hasn't dominated or he hasn't been great either. So it's just one of those things where they're caught in a very tough position. Uh, lastly, the third free agent that I would like to retain, but I mean, maybe they can get him at a discount because, you know, maybe the market might not bear much for him. Uh, I'm talking about Gerard Reed, defensive tackle, where the previous year he got about, what, 10 and a half sacks? Looks great, um, but this year he had, uh, I think he had a suspension, he had some injuries, he only had like three sacks, and he was good, um, but not the Jerron Reed that we saw the previous year, and now he's looking to get paid, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to boast his, you know, his talents and show that he deserves top defensive tackle money, but, you know, he's coming off an off year, so that might work to the Seahawks' advantage, but Going again, you know, whether it's Clowney, Fetty, or Reed, you know, they've all shown their spurts and they all want to get paid. So that's going to be a really tough decision for the Seahawks. Uh, and then when you look at the Seahawks on the drafts, they have the 27th overall pick. So, I mean, they're usually like right around there, anyways. And they need a hit on this pick, man, because like last year they drafted LJ Collier. He didn't, he didn't do much. And they're, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Their, their recent first-round draft picks haven't necessarily hit. Um, the previous year, they drafted Rashad Penny. And while he did show a lot of promise, you know, the funny thing is they're still kind of looking for another running back for the roster just because you have Penny, who was out for the season. You have uh, Chris Carson out for the season and yeah the only guy you have on paper right now that's currently healthy is travis homer and he was like a six-round pick and so it's just yeah it's frustrating when you don't hit on these first round picks and you don't get that immediate return per se uh so with the 27th overall pick i mean they can go a lot of ways but i think that you know for them um they need to get a pass rush and that's why i'm really hoping that they do retain Jadavion Clowney. Um, because, you know, Ziggy Ansah, that was a bus signing. That didn't really work out. As a caller, they're, they're hoping he can make a move and, and come back for his sophomore year. Uh, but they need to get another pass rush for this depth because uh, outside of that, you had Rasheem Green. Uh, and I think he was like the leading sack leader for the team with like five. And that's not good when you really consider that. They need a lot more than five sacks from Rasheem Green to get a really good pass rush. Uh, you know, this offense 
has been carrying them along uh, this past season. And this defense, it's been it's been good in spurts, but you need a more consistent pass rush. That it's obviously going to help out with the rest of the defense because you know they I think they have one of the best linebacker corpses in the NFL. But you know uh, if you don't get to the pass rusher, the secondary is going to it's going to take a take a tumble. In the secondary, I mean, you know, the, the group is it's okay. It's it's ascending. You have Shaquille Griffin. They traded for Quandre Diggs at safety, who's been amazing for them. But you know, they they need to pick up with this group for their depth. I mean, Trey Flowers he, he had an up and down season. Um, you know, I could see them sh- surely put some more competition for the number two spot. Uh, they can certainly use another nickel back to compete with Ugo. Uh, last year's rookie, I think he was like what, like a fifth, fifth, sixth rounder, um, speedy guy um, from Oregon. But you know, you can certainly put that in the mix. And yeah, I mean, for, for free safety as well. I mean, Tedrick Thompson seems like a bust. Marquise Blair. I mean, you know, you got some decent pieces, but they just haven't uh, they haven't solidified the secondary quite yet. And so you know, things to consider. Things to consider for the Seahawks. Uh, the good thing about the Seahawks is they still have a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. Uh, but I think overall they have a lot of salary cap um, space, but that might go up quickly depending on how they view their pending free agents. Um, but, you know, they, they have some interesting pieces. Uh, they signed Greg Olson from the Panthers, and I, I know he's a little bit longer in the tooth now, but, you know, that's good insurance for Will Disley who – tore his ACL again, you know, in back-to-back years. And, you know, you know, for this 27th overall pick, I would like them to draft a pass rusher. But, you know, what's interesting as well is this is a really heavy, heavy wide receiver class. And so they can get, you know, you got Tyler Lickett, you have DK Metcalf. But if they can get another receiver in a heavy wide receiver class, that would really round out this group. So you would have two really... Capable tight ends in Disley and Olsen. You already have Metcalf and Lockett. You have David Moore in the slots. So maybe you get a, another slot guy to compete to really round out this group. Um, so, I mean, you know, the Seahawks, they're coming off a playoff uh, appearance. They've been competitive in the NFC West, obviously. They have a quarterback. They just need to tighten a couple things. And I think a lot of it has to do with their pass rush. They need to get more pass rushers. Lastly, um, and... Well, they were last place, but Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, last place, but, you know, they're an ascending group, man. I mean, they have the eighth overall pick, so they have a top 10 pick in this NFL draft, and they have $39.7 million in cap space. And so, um, you know, they they re-signed Larry Fitzgerald for another year. He's going to be on board for another year, thank God. Larry Goat, Fitzgerald. Right tackle, D.G. Humphreys, they gave him a three-year, $45 million extension. Um, but a lot of it has to do with year two for Kyler Murray uh, because he saw a lot of good things out of Kyler Murray. He saw a lot of good things out of their new head coach and Cliff Kingsbury with their um, with their offense. But, you know, um, from an offense perspective, I and this kind of sucks for them because they drafted like three wide receivers last year, but he got a very little return out of Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, they were okay, uh, but you might see them looking to get another wide receiver in the first round. And maybe they might get Kyler Murray's teammate out of Oklahoma in C.D. Lamb. That would be 
that would be pretty awesome actually um they might get one the the kids from alabama but you know they certainly need another receiver um to round out this group with christian kirk larry fitzgerald and they're just waiting for someone else to emerge that would be really good because you know how much cliff kingsbury loves to have four wide receiver sets so there's that but you know outside of this offense and kyler murray and putting up points i mean all that is for not if they can't fucking defend the football and what i say that is i mean their their defense was really bad last year their run defense was eh and you know thank god for Chandler jones um he was i mean he's always consistent um he, he was a potential defensive player of the year candidate last year um you know as a pass rusher and just doing what, what he does but you know outside of that i mean there's a lot of holes on this defense uh the secondary is super young uh, Patrick Peterson is another year older. Um, they might want to restructure his contract. Um, you know, just uh, outside of Chandler Jones, I just don't think they have that much to really build upon on this front seven defense. And so they need they need linemen. They need defensive tackles to stop the run. They need edge rushers. They need like someone outside of Chandler Jones to get to the passer. I mean, they have decent players but you know all, all in all what, what i'm saying is they need to draft a lot of defense they need to spend a lot of money rehauling this defense because i mean theoretically speaking uh kyler murray you know obviously you want him to have some pass catchers but i think that this system um of cliff kingsbury and kyler murray will kind of similar to like russell wilson but you know they'll be able to get by with this offense from an x's and o's perspective but they need some talent on this defense to really round out this group okay um because i have faith in cliff kingsbury to progress kyler murray to where they need to be and even last year they, they competed in a lot of tough games they just couldn't finish it out because the defense couldn't finish it out and you know keep them at bay for the opposing offense so i think that you know for the 39 million dollars they're going to spend a lot of money on defense um I would I would like them to, and I'll be very intrigued uh, if they do get another pass catcher because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald he's another year older he's not going to be here forever obviously, Christian Kirk he's cool he's a, he's a good number two slot guy, uh, but there's a lot of question marks outside of that. I mean it, it means a lot if I'm suggesting that they take a receiver in the first round with the eighth overall pick even though they drafted three receivers last year so. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I I like the Cardinals, but they have um, they have a lot of work to do on the back end for their defense. But I think when you look overall at this division, whether it be the Niners, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals, all of them are very intriguing. Um, where you know they're 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 tough outs respectively, man. Even shoot, even the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. So you have the Niners coming off a Super Bowl. Hopefully they're not hungover. The Seahawks are always in the mix. The Rams are trying to get off their, their Super Bowl hangover. And they, you know, they they could have made the playoffs last year. They had a 9-7 and seven record. It's not like they were horrible last year. And so they have the right stuff. And then you have the Cardinals who are, you know, especially with Kyler Murray, they're, they're on the right track. So, I mean, all in all, you know, thank you so much for checking out the first pod in the offseason of the Just the West podcast within the NFC West division uh, continue to follow me whether it's on spotify itunes i really appreciate you guys' time uh instagram at just the west twitter at just the west and of course the blog 
which I need to do more, but it is www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.